Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail, where you can in turn inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson, and I am joined by Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thank you so much for listening or watching or however you consume this, Uh, whatever you choose to do. We just hope to inspire your running, of course, but... There are some more pressing things going on in the world right now, and you may notice that this episode is numbered 1A, and the reason for that is that a lot has changed since we recorded our second episode, and so we wanted to make sure that we included a topic that is near and dear, well, I say near and dear, maybe not near (laughs) and dear, uh, but certainly in the front of everybody's mind right now. So this is our coronavirus interruption episode, and that's why it is numbered 1A. So Mitchell, you just you can't miss the main topic of the day, coronavirus. We're, we're going to talk about it more in depth shortly, but what's your initial thought? You know, I, I actually shot a little video yesterday while I was out on the track, and I said, you know, at this time last week, my son and I were on our way to Sarasota, Florida for his first triathlon. I mean, it had been talked about. It was starting to build in the news, but at that point, nothing was really canceled. We didn't think that kids were going to be out of school, and... Man, what a difference a week makes. Oh my goodness. As as people can probably tell if they're watching this, we're not in the we're not in the J Radio studios right now. Um everybody's closed down. Um we're kind of being more careful. We're, I don't know if we're six feet or not. Um but uh but yeah, a lot's changed in a week. It sure has. And certainly we are being careful with what we do. We both have folks that are near and dear to us who are very mm-hmm. susceptible to this virus, so we're we're very sensitive to it. Uh, But before we get to anything else, let us tell you about our sponsor. Um, Although we're not in the J Radio studios, um, we are still proud to be sponsored by the world's greatest digital uh, music platform, which is J Radio. As a Christian runner, you might find it hard to decide what to listen to while you run. If you're looking for positive and Christian music that will help you keep your pace, check out the Radioactive Station on the new J Radio. We'll take care of picking the music so that you can concentrate on your run. Plus, you can count on us to make sure that the music is uplifting and encouraging. Check out JRadio.com or download the app in your app store. Okay, so we're back. Uh, We are going to share a story that is entitled, How God Reframed My Running Memories. And how, uh, you know, I didn't really go out and look for something that applied to our current situation. Uh, But reframing the way we think is an interesting thought Mm -hmm. in the uh, the world today. Kind of a reset time right now. Absolutely. So we're reframing our outlook on a lot of things right now. So... One of the things that we do in all of our 5K challenge classes is we ask folks, why are you here? Mm -hmm. And it's such a powerful question um, and one that I think is important that people answer. And so I thought out there to everybody that's listening, why are you here? Why are you listening to Run for God Run Club? Um, What is the reason that you run? Uh, And does your answer change in the light of the things that are going on right now? Um, is there a reframing of the thoughts that you have surrounding uh, your running right now? 
Um, I don't know how you feel, but it certainly makes running a little bit less important on the scale of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important. I, the reason we asked that question, I really didn't give any thought of that question the first time I asked it in the very first Run for God class. But you, you really can't set goals. You really can't do anything in life until you have the why. Right. You know, you, you go to the grocery store because you need food. You run to stay healthy. You read your Bible to get closer to Christ. So if, if we don't have that why, um, it's, it's just the most important thing you can have before taking that first step in anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's dig into this story. It's a story by a lady by the name of D. Mayopolsky. I don't know if I'm saying that right. D, if you're listening and I've butchered your name, I am <laughs> so sorry for that. Uh, but what a wonderful, wonderful story this is. Again, it is called How God Reframed My Running Memories. And uh, D is from Narrowsburg, New York. And this is her story. Over the past 10 years, I've spent an inordinate amount of time trying to figure out the whys and hows of bipolar disorder. Throughout therapy and endless appointments with countless doctors, the majority of our conversations have centered around the negative effects that it has had on my life. Learning to understand the nature of this illness requires much reflection in order to identify triggers, recognize patterns, and learn how to replace the negative coping mechanisms I used for decades to deal with the chaos in my mind. Every time a doctor has asked about my mental health history and my memories default to the age of 15, so I've come to consider that time in my life as the birth date of my symptoms. I've relived virtually every bad choice and behavior that was a consequence of my struggle with bipolar, and as a result, the memories of my teenage years and early 20s have been swallowed by a dark cloud. It saddens me because I realize that whenever I think of those years, the first thought that typically comes to mind is, that was the beginning of the darkness, which of course tends to trigger memories where my mood swings, especially depression, robbed me of joy. I grew up as a competitive runner and was always very good at it. I was fortunate enough to have a great coach, who also happened to be my father, and was on a cross-country and track team who brought home state championships and countless individual titles. But I've always thought of those running days within the context of suffering from mood swings and an eating disorder, so I tend to only think of what could or should have been. But something profoundly wonderful happened to me recently when I had the opportunity to revisit a place where, as a teenager, I spent many hours running in cross-country races. It was nothing short of magical as I started to run along the path that winds around the lake at Bear Mountain State Park. Although it has been over 30 years, I was immediately transported back in time. I was no longer a 47-year-old mom simply attempting to get in a workout. I had become 15 again. Caught up in the excitement of warming up for the biggest race of the year, I remembered every hill, every turn, and the rush I used to feel while running as fast as I could in order to stay with a pack of runners. I could hear phantom voices of all the coaches screaming from across the lake, imploring us to go faster. When I ran up the infamous hill, I remembered how loud the crowds were as they cheered us on and how relieved I was once I got to the top. I was shocked at how vivid 
all of these memories were. As I acknowledged all of these sensations, and an, in, an interesting thing happened. I found myself smiling. It may seem trivial to everyone else, but for me, it's groundbreaking because in that moment, I was remembering 15-year-old me as a strong, capable, competitive athlete. I had tapped into a bank of memories I had forgot existed, and then the floodgates opened. Flashbacks of amazing experiences I had as a runner in high school kept coming, and as I remembered, the dark cloud began to dissipate. Instead of viewing that time period through the lens of depression and regret, I began to remember all of the fun that I had. Although I believe it was important for me to explore all of the symptoms I had as a teenager in order to find a proper diagnosis and to make sense of things, I no longer need to view those times within the context of an illness. But that's exactly where I've been stuck dwelling on all of the memories that had robbed me of joy, which ultimately gave the negative memories a chance to take root and hold the rest of my thoughts captive. My experience proves that what we spend our time thinking about directly affects us. The most prominent memory I have, and I often use it to illustrate the way my symptoms affected me, was the day we won the state championship. It was a goal we had worked so hard for, and when we found out we won, we were ecstatic. However, that day has always been overshadowed by a drastic mood swing I experienced that caused me to break down, cry, and hate myself later that evening. It came from out of the blue and it scared me because I knew I had no reason to feel the way I did and no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't reclaim that joy. It stole my happiness during what should have been an amazing time in my life. But what's even worse is that I've allowed that to define me. But now I get to decide which perspective I want to hang on to. As I ran, I forced myself to think back to everything that happened before my mood crashed that evening. I had vivid memories of the course and sprinting to the finish line, waiting anxiously with my teammates to find out if we had won, sitting in the bleachers at the awards ceremony, laughing, singing, and celebrating loudly the entire two hours home. All of these moments were there. I just hadn't allowed myself to think about them because instead... I chose to remember how that day had ended. Am I going to look back at every bad situation, analyze it, and try to figure out everything I could have or should have done to make it better? Or am I going to commit to trusting that God is going to use it for good? He always does, even if we don't realize it until years later. God gave me fresh eyes, and I'm so grateful because it has changed me. My son has chosen to be a runner which is what brought me back to my old running grounds. I was blessed to be able to view life as a 15-year-old runner through his eyes. His enthusiasm and attitude are contagious as he expresses how excited he is to compete. <laughs> God's timing is perfect. I have no doubt God has put this piece of my life's puzzle into place at this moment in order to use what I experienced as bad for something ultimately good. Not only has he given me the ability to reframe my memories, but he has given me the opportunity to go back and truly appreciate everything I had forgotten. 
Just thinking about it is invigorating because I know this lesson will not only continue to benefit me, but the rest of my family as well. As I cheer for my son, I will be cheering for that part of me that always existed but remained hidden beneath the fog. He will begin hearing me shout, You got this! Keep your head up and be strong! And I know throughout it all, God will be smiling down on all of us, saying, Well done. Wow, what a great story. It's an awesome story. You know, we often don't think about when we meet people and we see people in public, we run by somebody on a trail somewhere. We don't know that somebody's not going through exactly what Dee was going through at that moment. Yeah. And her question has been, her first question was, is there an area of your life where you have been dwelling on the negative? You know, I think this story's timely. Uh, You know, one thing many people may not know is I don't read these stories before this moment and so I'm, I'm reading this for the first time along with you and and d if you're out there th- this is an incredible story and it's so proper for where we are right now mm-hmm. you know i made a few notes um first of all you know second timothy 1 7 says for god has not given us the spirit of fear but of power love and of sound mind fear is not from god and and i i truly feel that what what D was thinking all those years? I would love to know the rest of the story. You know what what surrounded D when she was thinking all those negative thoughts? Because I know what triggered the positive thoughts, and it was her son. She said that, hmm. and and faith and fear. Number one, they can't coexist. Faith right. and fear cannot coexist. One has to win, and both are contagious. Hmm. So obviously, her son. Uh, brought her back to running and 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 that 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 joy that he had for the sport was contagious and it bled over to her and i I, i'm sitting here wondering what was going on in her life before that what brought on those negative thoughts and so many times you know depending the social circles we run in we live in there are just some some negative people out there and i find myself getting brought down a lot of times when i am around certain people um and and when I distance myself and I and I start to hang around other believers who are who are joy, I love people who are just full of joy. Mm. Yeah, sometimes it'll get on my nerves if I'm having a bad day. <laughs> if I'm going to be honest here, but it, it always lifts you up. It and does. on the same token, that that negativity will always bring you down. So yeah, I mean, faith and fear they just they can't coexist. You know, one of the greatest compliments that I ever got personally, and not to toot my own horn, but I remember somebody saying to me one time they were. I had met this couple, and one of them, one of the lady was saying to the man, she said, you, you know him. You, we've seen him out running. He's the guy that's smiling all the time. Yeah, and you're and, that way. You're one of those guys. And it, yeah. and it just it makes you feel so good to know that, that, that you have that impact, but you realize that I thought, my first thought was, I know people like that, and it's so awesome to feel like I am at least sometimes. Yeah, there's a, there's a young man, too, in the triathlon world, and you probably know who I'm talking about. Um, but our kids race triathlons, and, and we, we coach a junior triathlon team. And these, these are elite athletes uh, on the circuit they're on now. But there's a, there's a young man out there by the name of Dar Smith. I actually talked to him on the phone yesterday. Um, and Dar is known. He is, he's always at the, the front of the pack. Um, I think he won the national championship one year. I'm not sure. But anyway, he'll come through the finish line, and you know he's in agony. Everybody that crosses the finish line at that level is in agony but he's always smiling. I mean, and it's infectious. People love to see Darwin, even his competitors, because yeah. of the spirit he has 
when he does win. He's always, number one, he's always pointing to the Lord. And he's always just bringing joy to people around him. And, and I want to be one of those people. And, and the truth is, from a physiological standpoint, I don't know how many people realize this, but that smiling while you're running and while you're doing a, a difficult activity actually does things to your body mm-hmm. to make your body feel less pain. Smiling I mean, makes you faster. It absolutely does. So there you go. If, if we take one thing from this, smiling makes you faster. Amen. <laughs> yeah, life is hard. Sometimes we dwell on things that are inconveniences, and we treat them like they're major problems, and we dwell on those things. And that's where we have to realize that, you know, yeah, we if we're trying to get in shape for a race, yes, we have to follow through in a training plan. And yes, some days it's hard. And yes, some days you don't want to get out the door and you don't want to do it. But Ultimately, we need to take a step back from that when we have that negative thought and think, man, this is so awesome. I get to do this. Yeah, we get to do it. For yeah. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she, she puts this uh, Philippians 4 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Again, Keeping those thoughts positive and, and not putting yourself in positions and being around people who are not positive um, is important. Um, I just think this whole story is so interesting, the, the, the timing mm-hmm. of this and where yeah. we are today. And she goes on in her second question. She says, what will you choose to fix your eyes on today? And she has a very important word in there. It's the fourth word in, choose. That's right. What do we choose to focus on? You know, I, I, I made a video yesterday. Oh, I, I've already said that. But right before that video, I, I got kind of discouraged at myself because I'm, I'm finding myself these past few days just dwelling on the news. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, <laughs> the news loves to focus on the bad. It, it's the clickbait. And it can bring you down. It can bring you down just as bad as that negative person in your life. And I had to choose to turn the TV off and just go outside and it, it's amazing how much better you feel when you just shift your focus. And it is a choice. So many people out there say, I can't help it. Y- yes, you can. It's yeah. a choice what you choose to focus on. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, there are some things that, that we can do today. This morning I called uh, a fellow that, uh, that I have met um, through some recruiting things, and he's in a high-risk group mm-hmm. um, for this whole virus thing. And I, and I know that, and I've been praying for him. And so this morning I gave him a call. Uh, just to check on him. It's a good thing for, for anybody to do. Um, I've got an aunt that's in the hospital right now who's mm. particularly susceptible, and, uh, and I'm really worried about her. And so, uh, you know, realize that people are indoors right now. Now is a great time. I know a lot of times we like to text, and we like to write emails, we like to do other things that are a little less formal, but pick up the phone and call somebody. Right yeah. now is a great time to do that. Absolutely. Um, Pray that God will will use this whole virus thing as as a way to strengthen our faith. You know, I've I've thought about that often. Is when you start having to change the things that you do, you can that word again choose mm-hmm. to look at it as this is an opportunity for me to spend more time with my family, mm-hmm. or it's a, a a time when this is going to be miserable. Um, which one are you going to choose? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and you know what? I, I, I thought about this, and I've thought about it several times. You know, it may just be that God has a particular miracle or two attached to this very situation we're in right now. Wouldn't it be awesome? Well, you know there's plans. I mean, you, you 
God doesn't let anything like this go to waste. In fact, he's, he's using it for something. We may not be able to make sense of that right now. We may not be able to make sense of that on this side of glory. But one day, this is all going to make sense. And, and maybe it is just to, to refocus it. You know, we have gotten so busy as a society, and I'm just as guilty as anybody else. You know, you've got kids' ball games. we got church. we got band practice. we got praise and worship practice. We've got our jobs. We've got our activities, our hobbies, and, and all these things that just pull us in a hundred different directions. And the strangest thing for me the past few days is my whole family – being at home in the evenings with nothing to do. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's weird, yeah. uh, but it's nice. Yeah. And so I know for me, that has been a nice change and, and something that I'm going to try to model that going forward because of this. So, so I know that God's already worked in my heart yeah. through this for the good. That's awesome. Another scripture reference here, Romans 2, 12, 2. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Um, don't yeah. think like the world thinks. Yeah. You know, I, I, I tell my kids almost every day, be different. You know, this does not say, you know, a lot of people will take this passage out of context and say that it means do not put yourself into the world. That's not what, that's not what, that's not what Jesus said here. You know, Jesus hung out with sinners put, put himself right in the middle yeah, of the world. He, he he made sure his prayer life was where it needed to be which is the most important part but then he put himself into those situations you know paul said i'm all things to all people uh, we're, we're our command is to go out and make disciples and mm. and that doesn't mean to um do what we're kind of doing now where we close ourselves off to the world but maybe this is an opportunity for for with the distractions gone that we can we can make a difference with people yeah. you know that's why we keep pushing the the run club right now because everybody's looking for something to do yeah. you know and i don't think it's any coincidence that the run club released this past monday because this is something that people can do on their own they can listen to these podcasts they can do the workouts on their own but they can post about it they can share about it and people can say what is what is that run for god you know sure tell them what run for god is but tell them what god's done in your life absolutely and that's the most important thing and, and maybe this is an opportunity for us to share what god's doing in our life through this coronavirus yeah yeah well that last scripture reference is one you've already mentioned for the spirit of god does not make us timid but gives us power love and self-discipline second timothy 1 7 it doesn't mean we shouldn't be we, we shouldn't be cautious mm -hmm. um i read an interesting article this morning about um you know, should churches disregard what the government's telling them? Mm -hmm. um, but but that would be that would be crazy. Mm -hmm. um, God gives us a brain for a reason too, and uh, uh, and there are those out there who think, well, we we've got to continue to meet as a church, for example. Mm -hmm. um, because, and now I'm not saying that's a wrong decision to make, but it's um, but it, it, it we're we're trying to look out for ourselves. We're not. This isn't if now if the government was telling us you can't meet, you can't assemble as Christians, then by all means we should be we should be doing opposite what the government's telling mm -hmm. us. But that's not what the government's doing. Yeah, and I think it's so important here. And if you're on social media for five minutes, you're already seeing it. You know, people are getting absolutely criticized for closing church, for canceling church. A lot of them are going to online meetings, which my desire is that won't happen forever. You know, we'll be back to, to meeting together. 
But there's some people who are deciding to continue to meet. And my statement to that is, wherever God is leading you, mm. and I'm not saying making a statement, uh, because I have a feeling there are some out there that are just trying to make a statement, but I'm not criticizing anybody at this point. I, I think no. this is kind of hands-off for me because I, I don't know what God is laying on somebody's heart who is deciding to to stay open. There may be a good reason for that, and it's not for me to judge that. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's a touchy situation, but I think the worst thing we can do as Christians is to start um, criticizing each other Amen. for what God may be laying on each other's heart because that is exactly what the devil wants. That's it's for us to, you know, a house divided will not stand. Um, so we need to be careful as believers in, in criticizing one another when we mm-hmm. don't know where, other, where each other stands. Just like Dee's story here. You know, somebody might have been criticizing her because of how she was acting, but they had no idea what she was going through. Right. So we, we got to take it to God in prayer um, before, we, before we do things like keeping a church open or closing a church, but also in how we respond as Christians yeah. to somebody else doing that. That's, uh, that's so critical. We, we've got to, we've got to uphold our, ourselves as, yeah. as, group, as Christians. Hey, have you ever thought about teaching a Run for God 5K challenge class? Because maybe now is the time to consider preparing for that. We don't want you meeting right now, maybe. Um, we've got a lot of classes that have been canceled, unfortunately. Um, hopefully, the, they'll be able to get those classes going in the next month or two. Um, people will want to get out of the house at some point, And when yeah. they get out of the house, they may want something a little extra to do. So maybe getting together a 5K challenge class might be the thing to do when we get back to normal. So um, if, if you've never thought about that, uh, maybe now's the time to become a 5K challenge coach. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, we are back, and uh, you know there's been a lot of things that have been interrupted lately. Running groups, I know there are some. We've got some running groups here in Dalton that meet that uh, have decided to discontinue meeting because they're big, large groups. Um, although there are some smaller groups still meeting, mm-hmm. um, and people are. I, I, it's funny. Uh, we still have a group that that meets. We met this morning, and everybody is. <laughs> Is staying away from everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a which dr- is the beauty about running. Yes, you it can is. you can meet at a track and you could have twenty people on a track and not get within twenty feet of each other. So yeah. uh, for all you you run for God groups out there who are trying to decide what I do about my runs, meet. You know, be sensible, stay away from each other. But you know that's the fun part, yelling across the track at each other. You know, so yeah, we can <laughs> get outside. Gave, God gave us loud voices that's for a right, reason, for right? sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can talk loud enough; everybody can hear us. Um, I saw a cycling group just a couple of days ago that was uh, that was meeting, and it was led by a doctor. 
yeah so, I, was, uh, I was out there on the road too and i, I saw the same group so uh, so yeah people yeah. are figuring ways to get around this absolutely um i thought what was interesting to me is i read this thing about the 1918 <clears throat> spanish flu um, which killed a lot of people and was was pretty devastating um, and was more devastating to some groups than others interestingly um, if I remember, Philadelphia was really, really hard hit because they kind of ignored it. Um, and then other cities like St. Louis had many fewer deaths because they were cautious, as mm-hmm. we're trying to be now. Um, so hopefully we're headed in the right direction there. But one of the things that was interesting was they said that people that were sick, they would take them outside and put them in the fresh air, and they would get better faster if they put them out in the fresh air. Well, running puts us in the fresh air. Yeah, I mean, I can't, honestly, I love sitting here talking to you, but it's supposed to be 80 degrees outside today and sunshine. It hasn't been like that in a long time, so as soon as we get out of here, I'm going outside and doing something the rest of the day. (laughs) I may have my computer sitting out at the track, but uh, I'm going to be outside today. Absolutely, absolutely. There are, there have been a lot of races that have been canceled. Our race has been postponed. Yeah. Um, There's no Saturday morning fix. You know, there's a lot of people who run, you know, two or three races a a month. Yeah. And that's having to slow down right now. So we feel for you. Um, Hopefully things will get back to to normal soon. One thing is for sure, um, we are going to see an increase in the number of babies and the number of divorces probably over the next year. Christmas babies. (laughs) You know, I remember back during the snowstorm of 93, it happened this same month. And there was a noticeable spike. If you go back and look at the data, yep. there was a noticeable spike in, in babies around Christmas time. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, it's good, 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 <laughs> good, good, close relationships. Um, so, I, and I also want to encourage you, one of the places that I look, I've heard so much on the news. It, the news just keeps going, you know, they, I mean, they go on and on. They interview all these people. But still, one of the best places to look is the CDC website. Yeah. You go to the CDC website, you get kind of an unvarnished, no-nonsense, here's what we think, and um, it's a great place to go. Yeah, and it's it's just crazy all the information that's out there right now. You know, I, mm. when this first started about a week ago when I was on the way to Sarasota that I talked about, you know, you were starting to hear that something's coming. And, of course, we've been hearing about the the disease or the, the virus in China for, for a while now, right? Um, but we just thought, well, that's that's not here. So we've all been going on with our lives, and and you started hearing rumblings last Thursday about um, things getting closed. You know, we we drove to Sarasota because we were convinced that this race was going to go on. We got there on Thursday afternoon. The race director said, "Yes, the race will happen," and by Saturday morning, everything around us was canceled. We actually tried to find another race to go to since we were already there. And it was canceled. And so it's amazing the speed in which all this has taken place. Um, but, yeah, find somewhere like turn the social media off. I wish that we could have a ban on social media. As much as I get on social media and, and it really helps this ministry and getting the word out, I wish we could have a ban on it for a while because I think a lot of people would calm down because there's a lot of hysteria out there. Yeah. All you got to do is take one step into the grocery store. Yeah, <laughs> and yep. you'll see and that. I, I went at seven or seven thirty this morning because they tend to stock. But I saw pictures of my grocery store yesterday afternoon, and it looked like Chernobyl in there or something. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. Well, and you had mentioned to me that they had uh, uh, some hand sanitizer at our local grocery store yesterday morning. Yeah, and so I went yesterday afternoon. Gone. Same grocery there store. Same grocery. Yeah, store. it was a big case of it. Yep. All yesterday gone. morning in a. So, oh, yeah, I think we all just need to 
to calm down just a little bit? Well, I have been at the Mayo Clinic uh, a couple of times lately, and um, it's a, that's an interesting operation. A very, boy, talk from a medical perspective, I don't know that it gets any better than the Mayo Clinic. But while I was there, I had some thoughts. And so I want to share some Dean's thoughts on the Mayo Clinic. And this is called Trial and Error and the Mayo Clinic. I recently visited the world-famous Mayo Clinic. I think it's interesting in this world of rebranding that the Mayo Clinic has maintained the same name it has had for years, even though it is clearly a much larger organization than what we think of when we hear the term clinic. Anyway, the reason the Mayo Clinic is so well known is because of their specialty, which is tough cases. They take daunting medical cases that have been extensively checked out and treated from other health care providers. In many cases, these other providers are well-respected, excellent doctors in their own right. So, when you're seen at the Mayo Clinic, you're looking for answers in the last place you're likely to look. You've already done all the Googling and have seen all the doctors you can up to that point. But the doctors at the Mayo Clinic deal with that every day. They know the questions to ask. They've got loads of experience that point in directions that other doctors don't even know about. There is no substitute for experience. The same can be said for running. Have you ever been to a road race and noticed how the young folks will burst off the starting line and the older runners will bide their time, start off at a reasonable pace, and pass them within the first mile? It happens at nearly every race I ever run. At one time, I was the young guy, <laughs> and now I'm the old guy. It's funny how a little experience will make you look smarter. When it comes to training, a little trial and error will help you to understand what workouts produce the best results for your body. What's another name for trial and error? Experience. The best coaches are the best because they've seen a lot. They have tried a lot of different things. They know that there is more than one way to skin a cat, and they'll work to find the best methods for their particular group. A veteran coach is a little like the Mayo Clinic doctor. They've seen a lot of tough cases, and they've figured out how to work with them. I have come to realize that I can't train the same way I used to train. As I get older, I have to adapt. The learning never stops. I still experience new things all the time, and this is one thing I know about trying to be your best. You can't be afraid to make mistakes. That's where the error part comes in trial and error. You can Google until you're blue in the face, but good old trial and error will almost always tell you more. Experience is better than Googling. <laughs> you know who else is better than Google? God. Imagine all the knowledge those people at the Mayo Clinic have. It is vast. It would fill volumes of books and bookshelves. It would fill hard drive after hard drive. Thousands of doctors with thousands of experiences. God knows every one of them. Not only that, he knows what kind of car each one of them drives and their shoe size. If you pull back, he knows all of that about all of us, all seven and a half billion of the world's population. Trial and error for our running is important, but there is no trial and error needed for our salvation. Hmm. Jesus tells us in John 14, 6, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No experiments necessary. We don't have to hope one way works only to have to try something else. One way, one truth, our life. Better than trial and error. Better than the Mayo Clinic. By the way, on a side note, trial and error doesn't work on the coronavirus, personally. Uh, <laughs> we, and, and what have we learned? It's interesting because what have we learned about the coronavirus? We've learned everything we've learned by everybody else's trial and error. Mm-hmm. We've learned what happened in, in China and South Korea and, uh, and Italy and, and other places where things have gone well and things have gone not so well. And we still don't have any absolutes. That's right. We still you know, don't know I, everything. I think that's the thing that really stuck out in my mind about, about your story here, Dean, is we live in a world that wants everybody wants an absolute answer Mm. you know i want to know what caused the coronavirus i want to know how many people in my community are going to get sick i want to know how to run a sub seven minute mile i want to know all these things but so many times in our society there's there aren't absolutes and in fact people are trying to discredit the absolutes that are out there and one being John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, no one comes to the Father except through me. Many people have a problem with that word. Mm-hmm. No one. Yeah. Um, because that is absolute, and that is almost like um, that's, that's stuff you shouldn't say in our society, but we've got to come to the realization that with this subject, our salvation, there is only one way. There's not two there's not either or. There's not trial and error. There's one way. And, uh, yeah, I just think this, this story is timely right here because we are living in a world that, that thinks there's a lot of different ways to do things. You know, we, we talk about the triathlon team. We coach all the time. And I, I make the comment, you never know how far you can go until you've gone too far. Well, in some things, it is trial and error. We have to figure out. We can Google all we want. How fast am I supposed to be able to run? But we're not really going to know that until right. we hit that's that right. proverbial wall out there. But that's not the way with our salvation. That's our right. salvation is clear cut. It's in the Bible. God said it. We need to believe it. And Amen. And, and I hope everybody listening to this will will listen to that verse and Absolutely. accept Christ as a personal Lord and Savior. You know, the thing that I think about it, a phrase that I hear all the time is, I have a right to know. Mm-hmm. I've heard that phrase, and it's it's surrounding everything. I have a right to know this, and I have a right to know that. And, you know, in many cases, it's true. We do have a right to know about something in particular. What's interesting to me is we know the answer. Mm-hmm. Not, to, not that we have a right to know. We know. We know. We know what the answer is. Um, we just have to accept it. And everybody wants to point to, I, I get tickled because, you know, we, you, we all know those people that Google everything to death and... <laughs> And they always want to say, well, I read this, or I read that, or I read a book on this. Everybody likes to pin things on a book. What is the number one best-selling book of all time? The Bible. The Bible. Yeah. But it's like, people just discount that. Yeah. And it, and it frustrates me to no end, but that's, it's not a frustration at them, it's a frustration at the evil one, because mm-hmm. it is the number one best-selling book of all times. It sold more copies than any other book in history, by far. Believe it. And you know Believe who else it. it's frustrating to? It's frustrating to God to, to see us Absolutely. Uh, not, not take His Word seriously. Yeah, we don't need to Google when it comes to eternal things. Amen. Yeah. 
There is power in people's stories. What I did need and what I was begging for was a relationship that I didn't know that I, I needed and only God could give it to me. I started hearing all these stories that just made me realize this was the right move. I'm here to give these people hope through what Christ can do in their life. Your story can help encourage others around the country, just like these stories have. You can walk through a simple process of sharing your story with the Big Share app. Download the Big Share app in your app store to start sharing hope with others. Okay, so we're back, and let's talk about why running is so often. We share that every week, and this week, I want to talk about something that's one of my favorites, and that's shoes. I don't know what it is about shoes, but, I, you know, not only running shoes, um, I've got a big stack of running shoes. I, I love shoes. What's weird about how much I love shoes is that um, I, I wear the same one over and over and over again. I I think the pair that I just bought may be my 40th pair of the same shoe. So, uh, weren't they like St. Patrick's Day yeah, version or something? Yeah, St. Patrick's. <laughs> they're coming tomorrow. Uh, it's a little late, but uh Yeah, but if you would have waited a couple extra days, you might have got those at half. I might have. I might have. I'm just saying, Dean. But I didn't notice them but in, in time and and being that I I have some Irish heritage. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be cool to have some Irish shoes. So, but there are many, many choices out there of shoes. Uh, that's kind of cool. Um, there's lots of funky styles and colors. That's for sure. Um, we get to replace them often because running shoes wear out. Um, mm -hmm. So, if, especially the more miles you run, the faster you wear them out, and the sooner you get to get a new pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I think your your fascination with shoes has rubbed off onto to my son. Oh no, sorry. You no, know, yeah, he's. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm good with the same pair. I'm good with the same exact color, the same exact size for for ten years to come. But yeah, y'all like to experiment in colors, and you get caught up in the. That's good. Yeah, yeah I usually like whatever colors the cheapest. Yeah, that's so, me. That's that's for sure. <laughs> Except for uh, the St. Patty's Day version. I'm yeah, sure those weren't cheaper. those those were not those were not. But you know, everyone and they have. Did I hear y'all say there's a duck and donuts? version of those yeah there's a dunkin donuts version um a lady on my team has a uh, thanksgiving version and these are all Saucony convars that's right yeah 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 so but make no mistake running shoes are tools exactly. so they are something to take very seriously exactly um our motivational thought of the week normally at this point in time i share a quote um i don't really have a quote this time I just want us all to kind of sit back and realize how fortunate we are to be runners during this time. Mm -hmm. So many people, I mean, if you're a gym rat mm -hmm. right now, it's gone. Yeah, you, you can't go to the gym. And maybe you have some stuff you can work out with at home, but, um, but it's neat to be a runner and be able to be out and, and, and go for a run. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, at this point, uh, a couple of things. First of all, um, make sure that you continue to like and subscribe and get notifications and all that stuff from from all of our media whether it be youtube or or on uh, the podcast um, also one of the things i usually end with is i usually say go out and shine your light but you may have to shine your light online for a little while because uh we're not able to get out and and be in the public so much um, but whatever you do 
make sure people hear your story. We talked about that a little while ago, and that's that's what shining your light is, is telling people how God's affected your life. So go out there and shine your light. Good word, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.